0: We look after over a hundred salons from all around the world, and the conversation is consistent no matter what part of the world that you're in. And the conversation of recent years has been, my clients are coming less often. The time between visits is dropping, and they're pushing appointments out. And my team, unfortunately, well, they're blaming the clients. The clients don't want to come in as often, or they're saying they're trying to save money, everybody's on a budget, we're in a recession. Or I'm not making my target because my clients don't want to come in as often or have as many services. And the result is that sales can become a little bit stagnant. And this becomes a challenge for us, especially if we have a growing business and we've been on a growth trajectory. Sometimes keeping and maintaining that growth trajectory can feel a little bit stressful or worrisome. And things have been a little bit different over the last few years, post-COVID, and we've been on a journey on a ride and it's easy to blame the economy i totally get it but recessions are biased not everybody is struggling so we don't want us to fall into the trap of focusing on things that we actually can't control what we want to focus on is the things that we can control where we can have impact and double down on those things because nothing else matters if the ends don't meet we must make ends meet do you know what i mean So instead of blaming our clients, I really want to encourage you to really step into building a winning culture inside of your salon. And in a winning culture, all the parties are winning. That's why we call it a winning culture. So a salon that has a winning culture is a salon where the client wins first and foremost. Now the client wins when she gets what she wants, she gets what she needs, and she gets the things that she didn't even know that she always needed. And if she gets those services and aware is aware of what's available to her, then she's more likely to invest in those services and continue to invest in our business. So my research tells us that they become better clients when they spend more. Not the other way around. They don't become better clients then spend more. They spend more when they have the things that they wanted or the things that they didn't even know that they need. Now, if the client who spends more ultimately wins, but who else wins? Our team also wins. And our team wins because we want our team to be busy. And when they're busy, they make target. Idle hands make more work, actually. So we want them to be busy and we want them to make their target. When they make their target, they earn commission. And when they earn commission, they have a life that's worth living. Because they can do the things that they want to do in their lives. They can go on and have a good life. They can buy a house. They can go on a trip. Whatever it is that they want out of their life. And you become the vehicle to the lifestyle. So we want our teams to be winning. And if our clients are winning and our teams are winning. And if our teams are winning, then our brand is winning. And when our brand is winning, your your salon and the salon CEO get to win too. So we want to build a culture of winning. The challenge, of course, is that our teams get complacent and they don't believe that they have control over the situation. That is that the clients are saying, I don't want all of the things they don't want, they can't afford. But I actually think it's not true. It's you as the salon CEO that needs to empower your team's performance and lead them to have the tools and the knowledge to put them back in the power seat and put them in the power seat of the client journey and the client experience. That's really what I want us to talk about, the secret to growth and profitability. When the environment is changing, whether it's a world economy, changes inside of your salon team, or when you're in growth mode, because that creates change as well, we're constantly looking and searching for strategies that will help us make ends meet, will help the business grow, that ultimately will work. The strategies that are going to take us to the place that we need to be on the journey that we're on. And that means that as a salon CEO, we're constantly looking for new solutions. As a salon CEO, we become really good problem solvers. And this means that we constantly are in solution searching mode. And what I can only describe as having shiny object syndrome. Now, do you relate? Do you ever feel like you have shiny object syndrome? I know that I'm constantly in and out of shiny object syndrome. And when we're in shiny object syndrome, we start to look or constantly are looking for this silver bullet, like this one strategy that's going to change everything. Have you ever had that feeling like, if I could just find the thing, what is the thing that's really going to solve all of my problems? Like when people are looking for the one post that's going to go viral, it's the one thing that's going to propel them into stardom and to profitability. What is the thing that's going to really make my business grow overnight? What is that one thing that's really, really going to change the game for us and solve all of our problems? And at some point in our growth journey, that shiny object syndrome or the constant looking for the silver bullet actually becomes your number one distraction. And at some point, we have to realize that there are only a few essential things that are going to boost revenue on a regular basis. And we need to double down on those things. The secret to growth and profitability is actually quite simple. It really is actually about going back to the basics. And what I want to share, that sometimes the best things that make our business grow are many of the things that you've already done. Sometimes the best strategies can feel a little bit boring. It doesn't feel like this amazing silver bullet. Sometimes it can feel a little bit like the same shit on repeat. and. We need to do the stuff that works and put it on repeat because that is the the stuff that works. And once we've found the formula that works, we often discover that it's not just one shiny bullet that gives us the growth. It's actually hundreds of lead bullets to make the wheels go round and round and make us super successful. So I want us to keep a strong eye on that. And it's not always about new shiny strategies. It's about discovering what works in your business and what works for you and then doubling down on that because growth actually comes from consistency and consistently doing the things in your business that work. So let's discover that now. Let's talk a little bit about those secret strategies. These are the basic revenue boosting tactics that will keep profit consistent, will keep growth consistent, even in a recession, and even if some of those strategies just are a little bit boring. So I'm a hairdresser and six months out of my apprenticeship I opened my salon. I opened my salon for just, well actually, exactly 20 years. Like it was within a couple of weeks of my 20-year anniversary. And when I sold, which was 11 years ago now, I had 30 amazing women inside of my business. Like that's a lot of humans. And I worked in and on the business only 15 hours at that time. I had a young family, two young children. And when I sold, Not to mention that I'd already started another business, but that's another whole story. That's another podcast for another day. But after some experiences in building and marketing digital products in the industry, I saw owners in a lot of pain. Salon owners or people not knowing how to build a business. Working too many hours, but not getting paid enough. And so that's when I decided Salon Owners Collective was born to help grow a business and become profitable without overworking and so I learned this the hard way and I want to share some of these shortcuts not only that I took in my own business to grow to get to a team of 30 but now that I help owners with and we have refined but do you know what we keep coming back to these basics the silver bullet to growth and profitability is actually doubling down on the basics so I want to cover those things now Let's dive into those secrets. So number one is working the numbers. Now, when things aren't going so well or sales plateau or profit dips, sometimes growth goes up and sales go up, but profit goes down. So when things are not quite perfect, typically our minds immediately go looking for the solution. Like I'm racking my brains and I'm looking externally for my magic silver bullet. What's the solution here? What is my silver bullet? What's the thing that's going to move the needle, get the growth back that I need and get us back into profitability and get us out of this hole? Like it's a normal, common behavior, shall we say. Business is a journey and there are plenty of potholes along the way. And it's easy to fall down a pothole in the road, right? It is going to happen to us in the journey of business. But the secret here is the numbers will always tell you what to do. Our numbers are a bit like the map, the map that we should take on the journey, the business journey. It's going to show us the way. It's going to show us how to get out of the potholes. So instead of racking our brains, staying up late at night, thinking about magical solutions that we're going to find, I say we need to look inwards and just go straight to the numbers because the numbers are going to tell you exactly what to do. And you can't change what you don't track. And if you don't know what or how you are doing now how are you going to create the change like is going up are we really going up or are we going down first we need to know where we are so if you're going on a trip from Wellington to Auckland in New Zealand Wellington to Auckland you need to first know that you're in Wellington and we're pointing north or we're pointing south so we know the right direction to go And so we need to know what are our opportunities to move forward? What exactly do we need to change? It's like a dashboard in a race car. And if you're in a race car and you're trying to win the race, you need to know, do I have enough oil? When will I run out of petrol? Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? You need that information. You need to have that feedback. So you would know exactly what to do. And often when we're busy and things aren't going well, because we're so busy and we're looking at all these tiny objects and looking externally for, the problems that we're trying to solve, we let go of some of the really important things like the boring things, like tracking your numbers and learning where to tweak and where to shift things. And you don't need to buy a whole new racing engine just to try and win the race. You just need a little oil, probably, or just change direction, a tweak. So I really want to encourage you that if that's you and you've dropped some of the balls, especially. Especially tracking the numbers and reading the numbers and letting it tell you what's happening inside of your business. Or it's become boring because I know in the hair and beauty industry, as business owners, we don't see ourselves as numbers people. I totally get it. I was what I was one of you too. But if you don't prioritize the boring data entry, because this is boring as heck, I totally get it. Like if you really want to track your numbers properly, it's a little bit boring for you know, like it's a 15-minute job, honestly. And how are you ever going to know what your weak points are and where you can shift and move? What are the needles that you can move and the metrics that you can move? What activity can you do? What promotions can you do? Where can you talk to your team and reset direction if you don't know where things are going wrong? What is your weak point? And so if you don't know your weak point, how can you double down on something? Knowledge is power. Now, when I say the numbers, there's two types of numbers that you need to know about. First one is key performance indicators. How are you making the money? What are the services? How is the performance of the team? How are the clients? What is their spending behavior? What types of services are they having? What are they not having? Where are the opportunities? Your key performance indicators. How is the money being made? And the second one you need to know is once the money is made and in your bank, how is it being spent? There are only five different categories or buckets that you need to manage when you're spending your money and one of those is profit and if you're not tracking those and you're not managing those then you really you're just throwing caution to the wind so you need to track your numbers we call it the ceo dash and when you have a ceo dash then you have a dashboard in your racing car and you'll know when you're going to run out of petrol or you'll know when you need to change direction or put new oil and new water in because sometimes the solution is really simple but you can't see that if you don't have the numbers. Knowledge is power. Right, if we think about the KPIs, key performance indicators, I want to talk about your hero service. And here's where we narrow our focus. We really want to narrow our focus to our hero service of what our business is known for and what our hero service is. A hero service is something that is, there's three things. You've got a pen, it's highly profitable, it's in high demand, And it's easy for you to deliver so if you've got a team there's no point choosing a hero service of doing hair extensions if you've not got anybody on your team who knows how to do hair extensions now hair extensions might be highly profitable there might be high demand for it but if you can't train your people easily and quickly to deliver the service it's not a hero service does that make sense if it takes 12 years to train someone to do the service that's not easy for you to sustain if you're in high demand, even if it's highly profitable. Now, I'm not saying hair extensions shouldn't be your hair hair service. I'm just using it as an example, right? Because it takes a little bit to train. Um, But if you've got nobody in your team to do it, it shouldn't be your hair service. So you need to be able to easily turn your team around because it's inevitable team will change. And you need to be able to sustain your hero service over time. And you don't want a service that's going to take a lot to train and teach somebody if you have high demand and clients that want it and you know how to promote it, especially if it's highly profitable. Now, I love a good eyebrow shape. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people that want an eyebrow shape. It's in high demand. But I suspect for the majority of our people, it's not highly profitable. That's my experience. And so if you want to focus your whole brand on your hero service which is what I recommend that you do how can you be known in your industry for that and double down on it but you want to make sure it's the right service does it fit the three categories is it profitable is it in demand and is it easy for you to deliver and train a team because you're going to have some team churn you need to be able to have a business that's sustainable beyond the humans that are going to come and go inside of your business and so tracking your numbers is really the only way to give you the ability to know where to put your focus. Um, but you really need to learn how to read the stories that the numbers are going to tell you. What, what are those numbers telling you? So we want to double down on our hair service. Now, the numbers themselves is boring as heck. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I hate data entry, but it's worth doing it because I love the story that it tells me. And the numbers will always tell you what to do and where you need to spend your time when you're looking at those numbers and looking at that story. It is your roadmap to success. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So, sounds like you know one of those silver bullets to be just track the numbers and double down on your hero service it might sound a little bit boring but if we're constantly looking for this external silver bullet too many businesses are looking for this one magical strategy you know for their business to overnight turn from a five hundred thousand dollar business a year into a million dollar business if there was one such strategy i think we'd all be doing it and we'd all be millionaires so actually it's about the one percent factor it's all of the lead bullets that turn and create a silver bullet. So sometimes we need to get back to the basics and do the things that work. One of those basic important things is knowing your numbers and focusing on your hero service. If you don't have the numbers, you won't be able to narrow down who's performing and who's not, who needs the love and attention inside of your business. And there's a fine line between giving the squeaky wheel some oil. When I say squeaky wheel, like the one that's not performing and the one that's not turning around easily and quickly and how much time you're spending with that person and training them and teaching them on how to best do the work. Other end of the scale, sometimes our best performing people, well we tend to leave them alone. We think that they're doing so well, they don't need anything from me and we leave them alone. And even your best people can go rogue sometimes if they don't get The attention from us so I want to encourage you that we need to look for who needs the love but we also need to make sure that we're sharing the love evenly between our people even the high performing ones they probably need just as much love as everybody else maybe just slightly differently and making sure that we're giving that attention to our team members that brings me to the next point which is the five meetings that rule them all and when we think about going back to basics Uh, these are some of the things that we need to not let drop and when we're under a little bit of pressure and things aren't going perfectly we want to make sure that we're continuing with growth and not stagnating it's easy to drop some of the balls and I'm encouraging you to not let these five meetings drop out of your calendar or be deprioritized and the number one is the morning huddles are you doing morning huddles and are you doing it consistently? And are you doing it even when not everybody starts at the same time in the morning? Are you focused on driving the business forward or does this become a little bit of a humdrum? Because I think morning huddles is one of the easiest and fastest and most consistently reliable ways to lift income consistently. If you direct the focus towards it, it's a huddle. It's like a huddle before a big game, like the All Blacks. They don't just say, hey, guys, that was a nice training on Tuesday. See you on Saturday. See you on the field. No, they get together and they spend the day together and they train and they train every day and they huddle before a game and they get everybody on the same page. And there's a really clear focus. So the huddle is number one. Of the five meetings that rule them all, this is number one and should be prioritized the most. Number two is team meetings on a regular basis. And believe me, team meetings should be every single week and keep communication up. When Sometimes when I say to owners who are first coming into on Mastery, team meetings, every single week they look at me and go, well, what would we talk about? <laughs> um, but performance is up when communication is up. And with a clear agenda and a consistent agenda every single week, because consistency builds a brand, then communication is up, performance goes up. So number two is team meetings. Number three is training workshops. I don't know about you, but I never have enough time to coach my team solely just on -on one-on-ones, right? As much as I would love to. So doing workshop is like killing five birds with one stone. Very useful in terms of high impact for the whole team, low delivery for you as the owner because you're busy enough trying to do all of the things. Now, so this should include things like, quote unquote, this is how we do it here. Sales strategies, how we consult, how we serve around here. I'm not talking just about technical training. I'm talking about how we serve our clients around here. All right, number four is ensuring we do regular one-on-ones. So I think about one-on-ones and how it should be anywhere between weekly to monthly depending on the competency and the confidence of each of your team members. And last but not least if you have a leadership team is staying in regular contact with your leadership team. Regular scheduled meetings, no hallway management. Fastest way for things to go down the drain is hallway management. We need a really clear agenda and those things that can fall off the list when things get busy and things can kind of go south. Those are the things that can fall off our calendar and I think we should prioritize those and keep them like Groundhog Day. Keep them back to basics and keep those things going. Performance goes up when communication is high. In terms of making your five meetings at rule the Mall, in terms of lifting spirits, lifting sales and profitability, making sales and meetings fun. It's up to you to make it fun and not tedious. As an owner, we can feel like we're repeating the same shit on a different day, right? And we want I want to encourage you to make the effort to keep it fun, keep it light, but keep the team focused and focus on promotions or just inject some fun without throwing out the baby with the bathwater. There's a fine line between fun and change just to keep it interesting, but also keeping hold of the simple things that work, the systems. The processes and the way that we do things around here, they need to be on repeat. So last thing on back to basics is sales. You know what? You're a salesperson and so are your teams. And I know that you think you're a creative person or you're a beautiful experience service provider, but if you think that you're selling hair or hairstyles or that you're selling beautiful, clean skin, yes, you are. But actually, you're also selling time and you're selling the time of your team. So keep that at the top of your mind in the top of your appointment book and top of your team and managing appointments and upgrades and training and keeping them focused on the biggest thing and keeping them focused on making the ends meet. Because if you build a winning culture, the client will always win if you're selling. As long as you keep the selling is serving focused, right? It's going to keep you focused on growth. And it should be fun. And if it's not fun, it's probably because you've forgotten that sales is actually serving. And serving is actually sales. They are one and the same thing. Sales doesn't have to be salesy. And it shouldn't be salesy for sales sake, right? We're not selling shoes. So just remember that we're selling a service, we're selling an outcome, and we're selling something that the client takes home for the next three, six, nine weeks, we're selling an experience. As we lead towards wrapping up, our journey in the world of salon ownership is a winding road filled with challenges, opportunities, and it's easy to get lost in the quest for that one magical solution, that elusive silver bullet that promises instant transformation. Yet the real essence lies in mastering the basics in decoding the stories that our numbers are telling us. It's about nurturing a winning culture where everybody thrives from the cherished clients finding what they didn't even know that they needed, to our team's flourishing and reaping the rewards of their hard work or rather their smart work. Remember growth isn't a once and done strategy but a consistent deliberate practice of doing what works. Refining those strategies and injecting a bunch of fun into sales and learning with your team and from your team. Serving is the true art of sales and walking into 2024 let's embrace the power of Consistent growth and making salon success a journey of continuous growth and profitability, most importantly. So, if you need some help with building profitability, a growth plan, or a culture of winning in your salon for 2024, and I invite you then to apply for Salon Mastery, we help salon owners grow a salon that not only reaches the million dollar mark, but that is profitable without you, the salon CEO, overworking. Till next time, same time, same place.